baseball fans. BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM Swing for the Fences free to play game. Pick any area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM Sports account to get started. Then visit your promotion section to access the Swing for the Fences free to play game. You'll score a prize if you hit a single, double, triple, or home run. There's nothing more exciting than going yard. So swing for the fences with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on the market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What is going on? You are listening to Tags Podcast, a.k.a. Talk About Gay Sex Podcast. This is episode 265. I'm your host, Steve V, alongside Jeremy Ross Lopez. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? Really good. Really good. Lincoln, how are you doing? Doing great. Happy day. Awesome. Awesome. And we welcome our special guest co-host today, Hunter of the blog, High End Homo. Hunter, how you doing? Happy Monday. Pleasure uh, to be doing a pod with you all. Yeah, and you're based in Baltimore area, correct? Yes, yes, I'm based in Baltimore. Awesome, awesome. Well, we want to get into your article a little bit, but tell us just briefly a little bit about you, because the reason we were talking recently about Gen Zers and how... We would love to hear more from you. And you DM'd me and said, here I am, and I have a blog, and I have stuff to say. And I said, well, hey, I love it. And we finally connected. So tell us a little bit about yourself, though. Yeah, I'm a, I'm an ambitious soul. Um, hello, everyone. I am Hunter, or high-end homo. I'm currently 23. I'm in graduate school in digital marketing at Pace University. Um, so I created my blog, High End Homo, for queer and gay youth this past year to kind of tell stories and give my opinion and perspective of how I view the world today uh, through fashion reviews, pop culture, gay life and experiences. Um, but I mostly reside on Twitter at High End Homo and on my website. Um, so that's a bit about me. I love it. I love it. And one of the things we that caught my attention was a, a link on your blog, and we all read it. You entitled it Narcissism at the Face of Love. And I'll put this up on tagspodcast.com for people to read. Um, but essentially, you I'll just read a couple things. It is blatantly transparent that some homosexuals like to date people within their own kind. Straight men and women have always pointed out this phenomenon as if they don't do it themselves. It seems to be more apparent in the gay community because of the correspondence of same-sex couples and their physical looks coinciding with one another. And that's where you call it the narcissism at the face of love, which is the act of dating or hooking up with other guys who are indistinguishable from one another. It brings the question you ask, why date someone so physically similar to you? And I really liked the different points that you brought up in this piece because, um, but I think there's, um, we want to have a discussion about it. Uh, you question a lot of it has to do with what we see in terms of body, what we're attracted to. Oftentimes it's, white men that are, you know, typically in the public eye. 
Um, first of all, what prompted you to write this piece? And then we'll kind of hear from everybody. Um, what, what made me write this piece was being authentically me and giving, uh, my side of the story kind of to put it out there online, because I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. Um, you know, narcissism at the face of love means like only being attracted to others who look like you or the ones that are portrayed in these, you know, brainwashing gay porn videos that are produced online. So, um, when I was battling with my sexuality, all I ended up seeing on the searches were these straight male looking individuals. So that definitely like psychologically kind of affects me and probably many other people um, in your brain when you're looking at men in day-to-day life. Um, So that kind of prompted me to write this. Uh, Another big inspiration for my blog was Cake Boy Magazine. If you haven't checked them out, please do. They write amazing, amazing articles about things just like this. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, Lincoln, one of the things when I was reading it was, at least when we were younger, we didn't have a lot of examples of guys. They all kind of looked one way. And for me personally, where I related to the article was as a younger gay, all the attraction I had to men were white men with muscle bound bodies. And that shifted later for me. Uh, when I learned more about my ethnicity, but what what did you agree with, didn't agree with, or uh, what did you think about the article? I just never really was attracted to guys who look like me. Peter, mm-hmm. my current boyfriend, is the one who looks the most like me. Fifty one years later, and uh, it, it was kind. I I don't know when I was being raised. My very first boyfriend was a very beautiful, dark skinned black man who had moved to San Francisco from Ann Arbor, Michigan, and we were great couple for three years and and i went from that to like the polar opposite with a man that had moved to san francisco from paris um who was quite a bit older than me and like blonde and blue-eyed and i've kind of run the gamut both in people's style as well as their physical looks but it's more about the connection between me and the other person so i felt when i read when i read the article that a lot of the insecurity and and anxiety is purely from being, you know, young and being gay and not seeing a lot of people, maybe at least in my day out there that were also, you know, gay, but more that it's been quadruply amped up by social media and what people see online. Like those little insecurities in my twenties are now under this huge magnifying glass of Twitter and Instagram and scruff and, and, and grinder that if if you go into those platforms with nothing but your insecurities that it's just so amplified you know that's what i got out of the, the blog more than anything else yeah it was interesting hundred one of the parts you write about too is at one point i think you were 17 and you were pretty much um aggressively hit on by 50 year old men and you write who were married to their poor poor wives um, can you just share a little bit about that experience? Yeah, of course. Um, growing up in a suburban town of Baltimore County, um, I, I came out at 15 years old. So I was, you know, kind of eager to explore myself. And I, I didn't really want to hide in that closet. You know, I wanted to express who I am. Um, so the first thing you do is you look up gay dating apps, gay this, gay that. Um, 
and Grindr came up. And once I downloaded Grindr, I was like, oh gosh, like what am I getting myself into? Um, but I, it seems that on these apps um, that it gives older men, and this is not strictly just what the app is for, but it gives older men the opportunity to almost take advantage of uh, younger men who are figuring out themselves. Uh, so it's, it's very appalling, but in the article, it just states that uh, a ton of these married men come on these apps to you know, groom on these younger, younger men that really don't know who they are, what they want. And for the most part, for me, I was kind of, you know, looking into myself and figuring out, you know, like what I was actually interested in exploring and stuff like that. So um, that's kind of why you saw that in the blog. Got it. Got it. And, you know, it's interesting, Jeremy, when you read the article, one thing I was thinking of, um, uh, your mother has said before, I, I think if I can recall that yes. you often date guys that kind of have your look. Did that resonate with you at all? Or what did you think about the article when you read it? Yeah, definitely did. I thought of that right away. Uh, so what she was referring to is just someone with like, big lips and dark features and somewhat of a similar buzz buzzed haircut with a line on the side and I don't know just like a similar build and she's totally accurate that is like right up my alley of what I go for but also like uh Lincoln had said I do have uh I have dated so many different types where I've dated like a white redhead I dated a black guy for two years so, I mean, specifically, that's not just my type, but I do gravitate towards that specific type. And that was interesting to read about it in this specific article. And I found it somewhat ironic and accurate in, that, in the sense that in our community, a lot of times you do find a lot of interracial relationships, but you also do see and find a lot of relationships where people look like siblings or just like each other or very similar to each other, even just at first glance. Yeah. And it's interesting for me, as I was saying at the beginning, uh, all my examples were white men. I was a gymnast. And so I was always just attracted to white guys. And if it was when I started getting older and seeing porn, it was always white guys in porn. But Interestingly enough for me, when I went to college and really embraced my ethnicity and started taking Chicano Studies 1A instead of English 1A and reading about uh, Latin American writers and marching with um, Latinos at Berkeley, I really got this pride for my culture finally instead of being made fun of. Mm -hmm. for looking dark. And that was when it also shifted for me on my attraction towards darker guys that maybe looked like me, but it was really coming from a different perspective, which I thought was kind of interesting too. Um, I you do know what, think, my, I do yeah, have one question about that though, because like my family, my mother's side of the family and my father's side, they all came from Luca, Italy. And that generate they everyone was Italian. You married Italian. Like that was kind of the the way things were done. And there's still a lot of families, straight families that and gay families that think that staying within the nationality is part of heritage and keeping it within being Mexican or being Italian. How does that connect to narcissism? 
Isn't there just cultural similarities or for me, cultural way differences if I've dated someone who's from a totally different background? Both of those are hot and neither of them makes me, I might be a narcissist for other reasons, but I don't think it makes me a narcissist. Yeah, I think that's what I was actually saying. I think think that's exactly what I was saying is that in the past, I was attracted to white guys because that's all I saw. And when I did have an attraction towards other darker skin tones of people that look like me, it wasn't out of narcissism at that point. It was now out of like this newfound pride for my ethnicity. So I, I would agree with you and good point. And that, that's what made me uncomfortable. And I'm, I'm curious to see what Hunter says about this because when I was done with it, I, I kind of thought, well, if I like guys who look like me, I'm a narcissist. And if I like younger guys, <laughs> I'm a creepy old man on Grindr. And no. neither of those things are true. And I know a lot of older men and not for nothing, a lot of really young guys that are in the old man and love mm. interacting with them on Grindr. So where is that, that um, where's the research that shows that that's what's happening a lot on there? Or was that just more your personal story? I feel like that was more of my personal story as like a really tall, like blue eyed white guy seeing all these guys on TV that kind of like that fed my narcissism to only want or expand to people that I saw in these videos. And then that led into real life. Um, the, the, the title of this isn't for to come for anyone or um, you know, to call anyone a narcissist of that matter. But when it came to me and what I was seeing online, I was trying to almost emulate uh, what was happening in these videos, I guess, in my younger adult days. Um, right. So that's kind of where the word narcissism comes from. And um, I don't know, it was just very important to touch on it, but not everyone has these experiences, you know? You know, and lastly, I wanted to just ask everybody, um, do you think that it's good to have, because I wrote this note down, a healthy dose of narcissism? In other words, um, so like now I work out a lot, but as I just turned 50, uh, I definitely want to look a certain aesthetic way, but I also work out for my health, um, particularly now at 50. And and so, I don't know, let's start with uh, Jeremy. Do you think there's to have a could it could you have a healthy dose of narcissism and balance it out yeah i definitely think so i mean if if you want to look a certain way and you enjoy looking a certain way and you have uh some sort of pride in uh feeling good about yourself i don't find that to be a bad attribute or trait to carry i mean and also i think it's all about in my opinion i especially from living in New York for 10 years, have learned that there are so many beautiful people with no personality. Yeah. So it really is even more interesting to meet a good-looking person that has an amazing personality or just a like basic guy, not basic, but just as in plain-looking, but really just exuberant personality is so much more interesting to me nowadays than it used to be. Agreed. And Lincoln, is narcissism the right word to have a healthy dose of narcissism or am I? Well, is it, I have so much to say on yeah. this. Um, first <laughs> of all, I think that people might be basic or boring to you, but they're not to the person that's a match for them. 
Of course. Just because yeah, someone has... It's just his opinion. I know, I, no, 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 I know. It's all everyone's opinion. You're right. Which is, which is actually very narcissistic. Who's else, whose else opinion would it be? Because we're Correct. all talking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but I do get this constant slam. Listen, I was in my 20s. I was 82 pounds overweight. I had back knee and acne. I had no self-esteem. Now, people who knew me at that time thought I was probably narcissistic and full of himself. But I felt self-deprecating and not enough to keep up. And when I did that, I would point to the guys who had the eight pack point to the guys that I saw as having what I wanted to obtain and then projecting all this stuff onto them. That wasn't true. And, and, and this is again, infighting with our, our own minds and infighting within our own community. That's not letting anyone come together. Mm -hmm. And if we're, mm -hmm. if our goal is to come together then we are yet again another emulation of completely tearing each other apart, pretending like that's going to bring us together. And it doesn't seem to. You know, like, I think our last twice impeached disaster of a president took narcissism <laughs> to a completely different realm. Do you know what I mean? So, like, Definitely. you even say the word narcissistic, narcissistic, it has this apprentice you know, Kardashian disgusting stuff to it. You can use being narcissistic in balance with the rest of your personality and your career and your body and your mind and what you're bringing to the world and show it to someone. And it's a complete not match. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And they think that you're just a dick and that you're full of yourself and you're a mess and you're just not, it's not a match. And then you could turn to someone else and be the exact same person forward. And it's such a match. They think you're the most amazing person in the universe. So I just Chemistry. think it's tricky. I think it's tricky. And I think it's hard to point the finger at anyone. Because remember, and this is a universal principle. It's all about you. And it's not at all about you. Exactly. Both at the same exactly. time. Like you can yeah. say it's all about me and my twenties and my grinder experience or my fashion experience or all that stuff, but it's actually mm. not about you at all. It's all about the universe and the energy that is swirling around you. But at the, in the exact same breath, it's all about you. So I just think it's fascinating more than uh, confrontational. Right. And, um, I, uh, Hunter, I really liked the commentary on it. I think always, I love a good, um, you know, social commentary on a group of people. And I did actually agree with a lot of what you wrote in there. Um, but what do you honestly think is there, uh, is it possible, I asked everybody else, to have a healthy dose of narcissism since you wrote the piece? Um, you know, coming from kind of a manipulative high school, middle school experience um, in Baltimore, I think that, you know, uh, there, you can definitely push the boundaries there, you know, with that. But with that being said, um, there, like Lincoln and JLo said, like, I don't think all narcissism is technically bad. You know, if you want to have a six pack and you want to get there uh, and that's what's going to fuel your self-esteem, you know, you got to do what you want to do uh, to get or be perceived how you want to be perceived and feel good in your own body. So, um, you know, narcissism is, you know, can be taken on a smaller scale than you have Donald Trump all the way on the right. So, yeah. um, you know, it was more, I guess, that the porn was brainwashing the brains of gay youth and then how they took that and put it into society and almost, you know, kind of fucked themselves over. But it was all through, um, you know, maybe a dating app or 
um, what you see online. Yeah, it's definitely um, just lastly, we on our clubhouse that we do sex positivity. It's now Tuesday nights, nine to 11. If you're on the clubhouse app, um, we get a little bit deeper and look at the trauma that LGBTQ uh, people, all of us have, and people are sharing really deeper stories. It's really nice to see because I think sometimes it can lead to kind of what you were alluding to um, in your piece. So thank you for that. Moving on, you know, there's this great article, Lincoln actually sent it over, and I really loved it. It's called, entitled, Older Gay Gentlemen Offer 15 Life Lessons to Their Younger Gay Counterparts. David Hudson wrote this piece. And what he says is, he what I wish... Um, Things are better for young queer or gay men, he writes, coming to terms with their sexuality these days compared to the past, but that doesn't mean they're perfect. Advice from those that have struggled with the same things may help or give a different perspective. Quote, what I wish would have been available to me when I was 20 was the opportunity to speak with someone who had experienced what I was experiencing as I was coming out. This is Jeff Levy, a gay Chicago-based psychotherapist. At the time, there were no role models in the media, and I was coming out during the AIDS crisis. Although there are more role models for younger gay folks now, I'd encourage younger gay men to reach out to older gay men and ask questions about their life experiences and relationships. And I think intergenerational friendships and opportunities for mentoring could be incredibly valuable and enriching. And so I love that, and it works with our group here. We've got Gen Xers, Millennials, Jeremy, and now a Gen Z are on the on the line right now. And I love um, this article was so great. And one of the, just to there was fifteen of them. We don't have to go through all of them, but um, if anyone wants to share some of the ones they liked, one of the ones I I was just telling a friend of mine who's dating somebody, and he's booked up with his new found love almost every night of the week. And the first ones, don't forget your friends. Somebody wrote. Uh, when you are dating, don't forget to maintain your close friendships. Friends often endure beyond romantic relationships, but they too require nurturing and maintenance. And I just had this conversation with a friend of mine, like, I'm all, okay, now, are you going to get lost? And I'm, I'm never going to see you. And he's like, no, 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 I'm going to fix that. And so um, that was really a great one. Was there any others that, I don't know if you guys have it up, that resonated with you, Lincoln, since you sent the article? Well, I, I, first of all, this article is hands down what I try and live by. I love gays of any generation. I've had gay men work for me at the bakery throughout the years and at David Barton. And, and I just, I love the mentoring idea. Um, I had a, a, a good group of people who were mentoring me in San Francisco when I was coming of age and a lot of them unfortunately passed away and a lot of that mentorship ended up in a hospital bed and just being really sad and I feel that art has kind of been lost to social media and people's own phone bubble you know what I mean so mm -hmm. when I'm at the eagle I or even when I am at scruff which I've said on the show before I will have a conversation of being really kind to someone that might've been a hookup from three years ago that I never really talked to, but they happen to be 300 feet away from me and going, Hey dude, haven't talked to him forever. Hope you're well. And whether they answer or not, that's me putting it forward. So I think being kind I love that one. to one another. That's yeah, number and, seven. Yeah. Being kind to one another. The other thing I find very interesting is I have a good hand to your point, Stephen, I have a handful of friends that the moment I got into a relationship 
they they went deeper into their singlehood and like were not as close friends anymore. Because even though I was the one who had a boyfriend and was like, oh my God, I don't want to lose my friends. I know when people get boyfriends, everyone else is pushed aside. They've kind of pushed me aside because I was no longer at Brute or Meet or at the gym three times a week or all that stuff. So I found that to be interesting too. There's two sides of that coin. True, true. Um, Oh, and the last one, the other one for me is that finding the right partner is not always physical. I mean, I'm a very visual person. I'm a very physical person. But I think that that is really important, that it does, it's not based on physical. Yeah. And you were just talking about that too with Peter, how he didn't fit into any guy that you've ever dated before. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, he also has the metabolism of, of a hummingbird and can eat everything <laughs> and carry his impact. So, you know, and, and his, his butt is a little, you know, ethnic. <laughs> I love that. We love Peter. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick any area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM Sports account to get started. Then visit your promotion section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. You'll score a prize if you hit a single, double, triple, or home run. There's nothing more exciting than going yard. So swing for the fences with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on the market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Jeremy, what resonated with you in this um, piece that we brought up? So I really loved uh, the, which one is it? The Life is Too Short Not to Be Yourself, number 15. So I just find that to be like a life lesson that's so important. And I think uh, when you go through experiences throughout life, you end up finding who you're going to be. And you grow into yourself and uh, just your relationships, whether they be friendships or family and just uh, dating and just being social in general helps you find out who you are. And I think that living by that and being true to who you are and represent yourself as is really one of the most important ones I would stand by on this specific list. I also think... Another one that resonates for me is actions speak louder than words. Yeah. And I think that communication goes hand in hand with that one specifically and uh, telling people what they mean to you and just remaining in touch. I mean, this podcast alone helps us just know what's going on out there and in the world and catch up on a weekly basis, which is really nice. And I think that that specific aspect is so important for just any relationship in your life. And it's definitely words of wisdom. 
Yeah, that last point, just hearing voices, right? Because we're also accustomed to texting and having app conversations. But the fact that we get to hear each other every week and then it goes out into podcast land where mm -hmm. people get to hear our voices really is key. And the to tell your younger self uh, to, to be yourself, the sooner you can kind of get more acquainted and be more the fullness of yourself, you know, I feel like I'm experiencing it at 50 now. And, you know, it's that I love that lesson, too. Especially um, I don't want to interrupt, but especially no, no, yeah, post pandemic. Right. Because yes. you, you can't accept yourself and be yourself if you don't know who the hell you are. Period. Right. Wrong. So you can keep saying, <laughs> yeah. I, I am myself. I'm going to be as gay as I can. You don't even know what your gayness is yet because you haven't yeah. sat with yourself and really been like, wow, am I, am I protesting being straight or am I really gay? Yeah. Am I this kind of gay or am I that kind of gay? And, you know, and for me, I remember like the straight porn that I would look at, I would see certain men and my dick would go through the roof. And I would yeah. see other men and I'd be like, mm, not so much, you know? So it's like, you need to listen to yourself and then become yourself, I think. And the mm, pandemic's like put, a, put a magnifying glass on that for us, I feel. Yeah, Hunter, what does Rue say? If you can't love yourself, how in the hell is anyone else gonna? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what, what resonated with you, uh, Hunter, on this one being a 23, you said yes? Yeah, yeah. Um, not to discourse back into my own story a little bit, but I guess life is too short to not be yourself. Like uh, Jeremy said, um, it's just something I always told myself when I was coming out, you know, I was 15. Um, gay marriage was not even legalized back then, which is so crazy. Um, but it really pushed me to do the right thing, which I guess it's not always the right thing for depending on, you know, where you are in your life and stuff. But to be in an all boy private school that's Catholic, um, it was definitely hard to, you know, rip the bandaid off for me. But once it was done, I felt like myself, I felt like Hunter. And I think that's what's important. Um, so I mean, thank you all for being, you know, uh, older people who in the gay community who have, you know, like, been able to um, let, you know, 15 year olds come out and make it more normalized um in you know a gen z lifestyle um so yeah that and then to piggyback off lincoln um with the you know don't get too lost into your relationship um to be honest i think straight people need to hear that as well you know um friends are attached um at the hip and they should be um you know to bounce ideas off of and talk to um your friends about your life and what's going on so i feel like when you lose that friend um, in a gay or straight relationship, it can really challenge you to kind of get brainwashed into thinking like, is my boyfriend right? Is, you know, about this argument uh, or something of that matter, because you don't have that unbiased opinion, you know, when you go and go out and ask your friend possibly like, is this normal? Or, you know, do you or argue about things like this with your boyfriend? So mm -hmm. I think it's really important, you know, to be able to have a friend to talk to just because um, for, for my experience, personally, I know a lot of girls that get their boyfriends and then I don't hear from them for three yeah. months, but then they come back and then they say hi and then spill their beat. So um, yeah. yeah. 
I hear you. I love that. Yeah. Um, you know, one that really stood out for me that I thought, um, I like this one. It was number nine. Again, we'll post this on tagspodcast.com. Swap contact details. They some an anonymous person chimed in and said, if you if you if you're having amazing sex with someone in a bathhouse or other sex venue, don't be shy of asking them for their phone number. If you don't, you'll likely never see them again and may regret not asking for it. I never used to do this, but when I started doing so, I was surprised how often guys wanted to connect again or meet up. Not everyone is looking for an anonymous brief encounter. In fact, most people aren't. And it resonated with me two ways. One, because I remember being in a bookstore like pre-pandemic and they had like a back room and I was having great sex with this guy and we left the place and he was seemed really cool. He was going to go like hiking somewhere in like Yosemite. And I was like, wow. And I cringe and like bit my tongue because I didn't ask him for his contact details. And I know it would have been cool to connect with him. So, but I did do it once at a, um, another type of party like that. And we did connect and it didn't go anywhere other than we hooked up a few times and, you know, it was mm-hmm. nice. So I kind of like that one and might hold on to that one. So yeah, this is a great piece though. I really loved it. And yeah. So, all right, well, we got to move on and believe it or not, we were talking about Colton Underwood before Remember the former bachelor who came out as gay? (laughs) Yes. Believe it or not, he's back in the news. The story continues. Um, Believe it or not, Underwood had just starred as The Bachelor a few years back, searching for a wife on national TV. The former NFL player did what most of us have in our lives as LGBTers come out, which we all know. Remember, and then he got he's getting getting this upcoming Netflix series. While many of us choose the right passage over the rainbow, according to Variety magazine, Colton did not, as he said, he was forced to come out. I'll just say it, he disclosed with Variety. I at one point during my rock bottom and spiral was getting blackmail blackmailed. Nobody knows I was blackmailed. Colton visited a gay spa and shortly after received an anonymous email stating there were nude photos taken at the venue. The unknown person threatened to out Underwood by releasing the photos and his whereabouts. Taking matters into his own hands, the former bachelor reached out to his publicist, um, paving or forcing, rather, a way for Colton to come out. And, my goodness, um, Jeremy, what does this story ever end with this guy? I mean, what are your thoughts? I, just I know you don't, probably don't care knowing I you. I honestly do not find this shit interesting. <laughs> and I'm just like, bitch, please get on the bandwagon. You're out. Go to have your parties, have fun, get all your jobs you want, and move on with life. I had a feeling that's where you were going to come in. Lincoln, um, are we ever going to stop hearing about him? And and what are, you, what are your thoughts on this? If I cared any less, I'd be dead. <laughs> I, I, it is what it, I mean. Our listeners have reported back, so I know they wanted to hear this. So, but then, yeah. I don't mean to be, and I don't mean to be disrespectful no, by no. saying that because I know that there is a lot of people that, like I've said this before, I've tried to take it out of the genre. There are people who follow Bachelor. There are a few people who follow the Kardashians and the Real Housewives and all that stuff. I just don't do it, so I feel like anytime I open my mouth about it, I'm pretty insulting. And yeah, this stuff, this kind of stuff, adds 
credibility to me being insulting because it's just ridiculous after a while. Do you know how many great stories there are of gay people coming out of every nationality that could be told on so many platforms that this guy seems to be taking the spotlight over and over again? That was actually my thoughts and well stated. I was going to say the same thing that, my God, he's so milking this coming out storyline and... And then still gets this TV, upcoming TV show. I mean, Hunter, what were your thoughts when you heard this new development? I may I may throw a hot take at you guys, which is kind of just a personal <laughs> opinion. Um, but <laughs> this, if this is a true story, this is very, very sad and upsetting to me. Um, I hope this is not the case. But my hot take on this matter um is the backstory of him and his bachelorette girlfriend in regards to stalking he i don't know if you guys know but he had put a tracker on her car um which didn't make his reputation too good right um so i had seen people i mean we kind of see people i hope not uh use the gay community as a quote get out of jail free card uh when it comes to public relations um so this is just me challenging my thoughts and stuff like that but in um i believe that he's in fact gay i don't think he's lying about anything but uh kind of using it as a way of acceptance to clear his reputation with his past question mark um i have heard rumors about you know an example of this is rumors about dr phil and sexual assault allegations in regards to people coming on the show do not quote me on that Uh, But he had been tweeting about Drag Race a few months back, and it seemed funny, but very fishy, right? Um, I had spoken to a few of my friends about it and did some research, and it was a giant PR stunt to cover up that story of the sexual assault allegations. Um, So these are just some things to keep in mind about that situation. But like, um, in regards to uh, outings and stuff like that, how can the gay community heal from outings? And what can we do in the future to prevent this from happening? I love it. And I have to say, that is a great point. No one should be blackmailed out of their sexuality or out of their comfort zone or doing anything that they don't want to do. So, that, Hunter, that is a a great point that is the overriding thing above this. You're absolutely correct. I love it. I love it. And lastly, um, there's a Reddit thread that got me questioning and I caught my interest. And it asked the question Would you date an adult actor? If not, why? People had a lot to say um, about it. I don't think somebody wrote, I don't think I would, even for solo stuff. I'm too selfish and don't want to share that part of my partner with anyone who wants to see it. Somebody wrote, I would. The problem is that any decent adult industry actor wouldn't date me. I thought that was funny. Um, You know, I had a lot to say. I thought about this and I thought, would I? And I was talking to a, a friend of mine who is dating somebody new right now and they're went to a party and they're newly dating this, my friend and his partner. And they started like, one of them started playing with kind of another guy. And so it turned into this whole thing. I would have huge problems with that if I was just dating somebody new and all of a sudden we're in this kind of three-way thing. I think having, because to me, a porn star, adult actor, whatever you call it, this is their most of them that we've had on the show kind of it's their work it's what they do so i think i would actually be okay with it what i wouldn't be okay is the story i just told you of having like a guy so early on playing around with other guys and now we're always in too quick to have an open relationship i don't know jeremy what are your would you date an a porn star 
I don't think I would. I mean, I I just don't. I don't know if I am like insecure, and that's why I wouldn't. I just feel like I don't. I wouldn't want to share that specific aspect of my relationship. So, like the sexual part of my partner, and I don't know. I just I agree with what the statement that you had um, made before that they had said about uh, just the sexual part of sharing with the world their partner and that part doesn't ever go away and with social media and everything it just stays and lurks around I don't know I just yeah I don't think that would be my choice it's a no yeah (laughs) I love it (laughs) yeah Lincoln um I don't know is Peter a porn star or (laughs) Peter's not a porn star I know I know Uh, and, and I'm gonna get in trouble for this so let me just first say it's my opinion. This was my experience. So there. Okay. <laughs> um, I did date an escort in my 30s. And we were together a couple years. And we did live together. And I consider that relationship brain damage for me. Really? Okay. Oh, hands down. Because there is nothing like having a nice dinner planned with your boyfriend and having to have him go take a client. Okay, yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, my self-esteem is perched. It was, you know, I, I thank God I have matured out of high drama equals intimate relationship. It took me a while <laughs> to get there. And that relationship was one of them that Goals. when it was over, I went, wow, every single time that happened, while he was just trying to quote unquote make a living it was a blow to my self-esteem to who I am and to my intimacy. And I will say, I think it's blocked my life since then and, and had hurdles in my life since then that have gotten in my way because you, that it, you, it's not even like trust is obliterated in that yeah. because, and it's not even that they're going to do something wrong. They're just doing their job, but the physical act of that is, the physical expression of intimacy in a relationship. So if you think you could keep those wires from not crossing, I wish you the best of luck. Yeah, I've seen some interesting examples of it where it works. And then I've we've certainly had a lot of OnlyFans guests on the show where they're both have OnlyFans accounts and they support each other with that. So it's kind of interesting when they're... I've read other articles where porn stars want to typically date other porn stars because they understand right. the business and that makes sense too. Um, Hunter, what are your thoughts on this matter? Yeah, I think it's a great, interesting question. Um, I think in this modern world, it's, you know, saying a straight no is losing out on an opportunity with someone awesome. So my insecurities are telling me no, Hunter, um, because I don't think I would be able to see him do a scene with someone else and be able to separate the fake or the work from real life. Um, it would definitely be something where you would want, you know, you would need to be fully comfortable with your relationship before getting into, um, in regards to an OnlyFans guy, if he was making videos alone, I guess I'd be a little bit more interested in talking to him just because he isn't actively having sex with other people, uh, for his job, which that's, you know, fine that you do that, um. But when it comes to relationships, it gets a little fishy. Um, but I guess I'm just a bit too selfish or private to see my boy on the big screen, am I? 
<laughs> I love it. I love. It. Yeah, interesting thing about because now of um, interesting Lincoln that you said escort because so many of former escorts are do only fans now, right? And I think I would be okay with somebody doing only fans, but I don't know that I'd want to live with them unless we had like this huge place where he had a studio. Where I wouldn't always have to see it as like, oh, you're doing that again. It would be like, no, go to your studio, record your thing. I'm watching, you know, Netflix and come out when you're done or whatever. I think. <laughs> yeah. And I also um, think what I will say is we are also speaking of generations, right? Of, mm-hmm. of There's no one on this call that are in their 60s or 70s and, you know, or even at a place in their life that maybe that is an experience that they want. Or maybe they've, you know, if I'm in my 60s and I've had great relationships my whole life that were of a certain way and I don't want certain things anymore, maybe a relationship with an adult entertainer would be perfect for me at that time in that mindset. And by the way, when I was in my 30s, I was in kind of a, I'm going to fix my partner phase of my life. And you can't right. fix anyone just in case anyone's still <laughs> working that magic. And you don't do it consciously, right? You're not yeah. there going, I'm going to fix you. It's, wow, I'm enjoying my time with you. Wow, what if we did this together? Wow, what if you took this instead of that job? Wow, you know what I mean? Mm. And by the way, I got that person out of the industry and he became a amazing yoga instructor. Okay. has gone on to do more for uh he he now does work like in third world exposing things that are happening in habitat in third world that wow. we, we need to take care of as a, as a humanity so That's great. And, and i yeah. would never take away that relationship the brain damage that i got in that relationship was purely from me I can't. Yeah. I'm not blaming him for any of that. It was self-inflicted. It was yeah, because if he was wasn't even doing his job, you know. yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So, and there was also a lot. It was very drama centric. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, I think I told the story once before. Once a um, long time ago, I um, Austin Wolf. You guys know the porn star Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I yeah. told the story. Yeah, that for my birthday present, I, I he was escorting at the time, and I, you know utilized his services we'll just say that i am so into this story more details (laughs) i get i'm all excited it's my birthday i think like i my sister was even telling but i like oh i'll be out i have to run a few errands and when he (laughs) opened up the door it was him and i was like oh my god a nice tall glass of whatever and we walked through his apartment and there was a guy sitting that I now know as his boyfriend or husband even now, I think, was sitting on the TV and just kind of like waved. And we just walked right by him and went into the bedroom and shut the door. And I almost was like, oh, my God. I, <laughs> Wow. I was equally intrigued at he knows what we're about to go do. I'm that guy. And he's OK with it. And I forget what he was even watching. And it was like easy breezy, no problem because they have their. I was equally like freaked out and yeah. like, oh my god, this yeah. is awesome! At the same time, all wrapped up in one. It was a great experience, y'all. And yeah, yeah, yeah I just saw him on the street the other day, and he still looks great. Um, but mm. yeah, so 
interesting interesting on that so they clearly i guess have it worked out and so yeah which i think is uh, like when you're examining gay sexuality or sexuality in any way shape or form working that stuff out is beautiful and more powerful than both and and you know i love sex workers i love a go-go boy i love all of that stuff i just for my mindset when i did it and currently i know it would drive me crazy Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know. I know. I say I'd be into it, but I don't know if reality. You're into came. it for that <laughs> moment and that fun, exciting thing. But to look at that two years later, I don't know what kind of person I would be. Yeah, you know I mean, I, don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't become my best self during during that relationship. But maybe I wouldn't. I wasn't my best self any way during that time of my life. So who knows? You know what I mean. Well, this has been so much fun. Oh, my God. I love this conversation. I want to thank yeah. you guys all for participating. And you can follow all of us. Follow Jeremy on Instagram at Lopez. Thank you, Jeremy, of as course. always. Follow Lincoln. He's got two of them. Um, by the way, my mother loved, loved her brownies. Oh, yeah. Um, protein brown, Like, loved them. And once more. So I'm coming back in. So follow oh, at Protein Bakery at protein bakery and at mad lincoln is his personal account so follow that and hunter thank you so much for joining the conversation this has been really great and how can people follow you oh thank you so much for having me um if you want to find me i am most active on twitter at highendhomo or on my website highendhomo.com thank you guys Okay, high-end homo. I love it. I love it. Thanks again. Follow us and DM us for sex advice or have us weigh in on relationship advice. We will give it to you at Tags Podcast, at Tags Podcast, or follow the website, and I'll post some of these articles on tagspodcast.com. Thanks, guys. This has been really great. Get vaccinated, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick any area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM Sports account to get started. Then visit your promotion section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. You'll score a prize if you hit a single, double, triple, or home run. There's nothing more exciting than going yard. So swing for the fences with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on the market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.